Welcome to Tales of Panem, a Hunger Games podcast. My name is Claire, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm glad to have you all joining me this week. Make sure to check out my social media, which is at Tales of Panem on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok for updates, episode information, and more. It is the first week of the month and also the first week of 2023, and what better to start off the year than a character study episode on Finnick O'Dare. These character study episodes do cover content from the entire series as well as all of the movies, so if this is your very first time reading the series, you might want to skip this one unless you don't mind the spoilers. So who is Finnick O'Dare? Once again, I think we all know, but I am going to give my little brief description of who he is and what he's been up to in his life. Finnick O'Dare was the victor of the 65th Hunger Games. He was the youngest to ever win, having been only 14 at the time. During his time as a mentor, he fell in love with Annie Cresta, the victor of the 70th Games, whom he eventually married. He went on to be a tribute in the 75th Hunger Games and a soldier in the rebellion against the capital before ultimately being killed during the war. Very sad. Very sad. (laughs) So now for my opening quote to kind of set the vibe for the episode. Um, And fun fact, Finnick O'Dare actually gets to say my favorite quote in the whole series. Um, So, of course, that's what my opening quote is going to be. This quote is from Mockingjay, and he says, It takes ten times as long to put yourself back together as it does to fall apart. And I think that beyond just being a good line to start off an episode about him, this line kind of encapsulates one of the big emotions for, like, the entire series of, like, what is a person's breaking point and how do they come back from that? Um, And obviously he says this line to Katniss when... This is at the point where Katniss is just starting to realize, like, how the Capitol is using PETA against her and using Annie against Finnick as sort of, like, holding them just out of reach. Like, they're still alive, but you know that they're suffering and, like, there's nothing you can do about it is the way that, like, they're using them to kind of torture Katniss and Finnick in their own way. Um, And Finnick is the one who kind of helps her to realize that. And that sort of becomes her breaking point in the way that, like, Annie getting taken by the Capitol in the first place was Phoenix because he knew this from the start. But before we get into that, let us backtrack a lot to the start of Phoenix's life. Phoenix obviously won the Hunger Games at 14, youngest ever. Um, And I talked about this when he first got introduced in Catching Fire a few weeks ago. But, like, think about yourself at age 14 and now imagine you're in the Hunger Games and you win. Like... 14 is a lot younger than you think it is. Um, But also noteworthy is, like, how his... Like, obviously, we know that his charisma is, like, what wins him sponsors, what makes the people of the Capitol just obsessed with him. But, like, he's had that since he was a teenager, since he was a 14-year-old, having to win sponsors in the games. And we know that because... And again, I have mentioned this before, but I have to bring it up again because it makes me feel crazy... He received an entire Trident as a sponsor gift. Do you know how expensive that would be? Me neither, but probably a lot, I can infer. Um, Based on, like, how expensive we know sponsor gifts to be, and even, like, little things like food and medicine that Katniss has gotten have cost so much, a Trident has got to be literally the most expensive thing anyone has ever received, and they sent it to a 14-year-old Finnick O'Dare, and he won with it, because obviously he's from District 4, And so a trident would be his weapon of choice. Um, And then he's also, like, obviously a really good swimmer, again, being from District 4, which comes in handy for him a lot in the quarter quell. But yeah, so he wins his games at 14, and then things 
I guess I was going to say things go downhill from there, but like I feel like things kind of started going downhill from the second you get reaped for the Hunger Games as a 14-year-old. Um, but after the games, once he turns 16, Snow knows that everyone in the capital is like in love with him, thinks he's so young and attractive and perfect. So what he does, and, and Finnick is not the only person that this has happened to, and I'll get into that too, is basically like, is he basically becomes like a prostitute for President Snow, but like against, like he doesn't want to do that. But the way that Snow does this is by like threatening to kill people's families and friends and loved ones. Um, and this also, they talk about this in Mockingjays when this kind of gets like broken down, when Finnick um goes on the air and is like here's all the stuff I know about President Snow and here's everything that he did to me and Katniss asks Hamish about it being like is this what happened to you and Hamish this is when Hamish tells her that like his entire family and his girlfriend got killed after his Hunger Games in addition to like the thing he did with the force field like they were not happy about that either but it was like a combination and he says that he was basically used as like an example to people like Finnick or Joanna of what happens if you don't do what Snow says so Hamish was always this person that's like, look what happened to him. He had he had everything before the games, and then we took it all away from him, and now he's just a sad alcoholic. And so basically Finnick doesn't really have a choice in this. Um, which again, he's only 16 when this happens, which is like super, super fucked up. Um, but again, that's just President Snow for you. But the thing that is interesting about Finnick is that instead of having people pay him in money or like jewels or some form of currency he has them basically pay him in secrets which is why he knows all this stuff about president snow and i love this scene in mocking jay where he basically tells the entire country all the shady stuff that snow has been doing since he started his rise to power but i love it even more after reading ballad of songbirds and snakes and you see the origin of that because we know like, the, the big thing there is that Snow would, like, poison people who were in his way or even people who were, like, on his side but starting to become a threat to him. And then cut to Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, where we literally see him do that for the first time. Um, and I think that, like, the entire time that I was reading Ballad, I was, like, thinking of this scene with Finnick because I was like, we have to get there. Um, and obviously, like, Finnick calls him a snake in that scene and then, like, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Obviously, Snow is the snake. I think we all kind of figured that one out um, <laughs> pretty quickly. But yeah, I just think that that particular scene in Mockingjay with Finnick ties in so well back to Ballad. Um, when you know that like that's the end game is someone who's willing to kill anyone to get what they want. But anyway, we'll get all into Snow and his all the terrible things he does once we get to Ballad. But yeah, I do, I think that is a great scene for Finnick because he, he recognizes the power of not just words, but knowledge. Like, and I think that's something you learn when you've been in the Hunger Games is that like, yeah, it's good to be able to fight, obviously, but like, you also have to be very smart. And that's the common thread that we start to see, like, with the various victors who are participating in the 75th games in the Quell, is that they're all really intelligent. And obviously some of them, like, their mental states have kind of deteriorated because of everything that's happened to them. But, like, you can tell they at least once were, like, had that sharp kind of knowledge that people like Finnick have. 
And so he recognizes the value of that and the value of like having information about someone like President Snow, who literally is the president of the entire country, is the most powerful man in the country. But you know what he had to do to get there. And I don't think it's necessarily the fact that like, oh my God, I'm shocked that Snow like poisoned some people to get where he is. Like that's not like shocking information, especially to us as readers. We're like, yeah, he literally like signs off every single year on killing 23 children for just to keep him in power. Like it's not shocking to me that he would also kill adversaries with poison or even allies who were like too much of a threat to him. But I think that, and again, this is in that scene that's just so good that like, you know that the people in the Capitol who are still bought into like, oh, President Snow is like our savior. Like he, it's thanks to him that we get to live the way that we do are like glued to their TVs while Finnick is saying all this being like, hmm, that's not so great. And it's interesting that like your breaking point is he poisoned someone and not that he like, literally is fine with the Hunger Games and, like, killing children for no reason. Um, But that's just how the people at Capitol work. But, like, this is Finnick's big, like, expose of snow, and I think it's so iconic. Um, And it's one of his best moments, truly. But back to him as a mentor, um, I will talk about his relationship with Annie, trust me, because I am obsessed with them. I think that they're adorable and deserves so much better anyway um but first let's talk about his relationship with mags so we know that mags was his mentor in his games um but after she dies joanna tells katniss that like mags and finnick were were basically family um in the way that like in the similar to the way that katniss has started to regard Hamish's family but even more so because one they've known each other longer um and also, just they have a very different relationship than Katniss and Hamish do, obviously. But also, like, Finnick met Mags when he was 14 years old, and she, like, helped him survive the Hunger Games, and they are bonded by that, truly. Um, and, like, yeah, Katniss meets Hamish when she's only 16, but still, like, that is, like, that is the ages of, like, 12 to, like, 18. You're mentally aging more than you are from going from an age like 24 to 25 or like 36 to 37 like like when you're in those like teenage years every year is like a big step um and so the difference between a 14 year old and a 16 year old is is pretty big um and so I think that that also contributes to why they're so close is because he is very young and she's like this old older wiser woman who is there for you um, and you owe your survival in part to her. And so I think that's a big part of why they remain so close after that and why, like, losing her is really difficult for him. But it's also, it's also a sacrifice that he's willing to make for the rebellion, which is, we know, like, how much he cares about the cause and how much he hates the capital and hates Snow for even, like, on a personal level as opposed to just doing what's better for the people and for the country, but there's also, like, a deeply personal component to it. But he's willing to sacrifice Mags for the cause. And she's also willing to sacrifice herself. Like, in that moment, he's upset, obviously, but he doesn't try to stop her from sacrificing herself because 
Like, that's the only way that they're going to keep Katniss and Peeta alive. And obviously, the goal is to keep Katniss alive because they know that this rebellion needs her as, like, a symbol to to lead people who are still too afraid to fight. Also, on the topic of Finnick and the rebellion, I believe last week was when I talked about how I think that BD probably was the one who knew the most about their plan um, in terms of, like, the actual, like, technicalities of it and how they were going to get them all out of there. But Finnick is absolutely a part of that, like, inner inner circle. Like, he worked directly with Plutarch and Haymitch and everyone else in setting this whole thing up. And he was the person that Haymitch trusted to, like, team up with Katniss, right, Katniss Peter right from the beginning. Like, Haymitch gives his bangle to Finnick intentionally, knowing that, like, he it, they need to have someone by Katniss Peeta's side from the very beginning just to make sure they don't one go get themselves killed and also to kind of like keep them in line with the plan because they obviously don't know about it so they need someone there kind of like supervising them quote unquote and Finnick is definitely the ideal choice for that because even though Katniss doesn't like love him right off the bat like they're not like besties whatever one Mags is a big help because Regardless of how she feels about Finnick, she can see how much he cares about Mags and how much he's willing to risk his life to bring her with them. Like, it's a huge risk taking her because she, like, she slows them down. You know, she can't fight. Like, again, not to any fault of her own. She's just old. She can't do it anymore. Um, But he's willing to take that risk to keep her alive for as long as possible. So I think that definitely helps, but also just, like, Haymitch knows that Finnick will be able to win Katniss's trust once he kind of starts showing her a bit more of like who he actually is behind this sort of facade that he has to put on when he's in the capital in order to not mm, be killed or have Annie or anyone else he cares about killed by Snow. But once they're in the arena, he starts to show a bit more of like who he actually is. Um, And that is one big part of why he is able to earn Katniss's trust, the other obviously being that he saves Peta's life after the force field. Um, and that's kind of when she decides, like, I can't kill him now because he just saved Peta's life and I do owe him for that, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> not unfortunately they saved Peta's life, but unfortunately that she owes him for that. She really doesn't like owing people, um, as we know. But I think that Finnick is truly, like, the ideal choice for someone to kind of form this alliance with her right off the bat because when you think about it like it couldn't be Joanna. Katniss even by the end of the book still doesn't really trust Joanna like even after she knows she was working with the rebellion they don't really get along that well. She doesn't particularly like her very much at that point um and then Wyrus and Beatty like she would trust but the problem is they're not going to be able to keep her alive if someone attacks like they're very intelligent yes but when it comes to like fighting off the careers physically, they're not going to be able to do that. So Finnick is kind of the best of both worlds where it's like he could gain her trust. He's a pretty likable person. They would get along very well, but he could also defend her if it came down to it. And also we're in an arena full of water. Who better to have on your side than the tributes from District 4 who literally swimming is second nature to them. Now, after the quarter quell is when things really take a turn for Finnick because, you know, we know that he's got his trauma. Doesn't everyone in this series, we know that life has not been all like sunshine and rainbows for him, obviously. Um, And a big part of us learning that is, one, his grieving process after Mags dies, but also the Jabber Jays when he hears Annie's voice um, 
And this actually, like, humanizes him a bit more for Katniss. Because up to this point, he's just been this guy that she sees on TV every year and knows that, like, everyone is so in love with him. And he, like, he's known for having, like, so many lovers in the capital. Because, again, at this point, she doesn't know that, like, he was kind of forced into that. But he... She finds out that he is actually in love with Annie Cresta, uh, who was the victor of the 70th Hunger Games. Um, And she, basically her story, I'll talk about her a bit right now because she's obviously very relevant. She won her games because they like flooded the entire arena and she was from District 4 so she could swim. But prior to that, her district partner had gotten beheaded in front of her and so she kind of like had a mental breakdown because of that understandable because you just saw someone you knew personally getting beheaded in front of you um but then she does she kind of like hides herself away but she does end up being able to survive because the arena is flooded um and she's the only one who can swim well enough to survive that being from district four but then after the games she doesn't like recover mentally um at least not fully and so i think that that really for katniss she realizes like oh phoenix actually not in it for like all these people from the capital who are, like, showering him with gifts and money, the person that he actually cares about is Annie. And I think that that also is a moment where she kind of starts to see underneath his, like, like I said, this kind of mask that he puts on for the capital. And also seeing how, like, deeply affected he is by the fear that something could have happened to her. Um, It, like, really shows, like, a vulnerable side of him. That is truly very prevalent, like, especially in Mockingjay, like, I mean, that opening quote I read, but he's a very, like, emotionally vulnerable person once you kind of open up. But you wouldn't necessarily know that from what you see about him in, like, the capital news, whatever. But yeah, so he mentored, he was, he mentored Annie in her games and they fall in love they are so cute, and I will talk more about their relationship um, once I get more into, like, his Mockingjay stuff. But I do want to talk about the aftermath of the Quarter Quell, where Annie gets taken by the Capitol. Um, for basically the same reason they have PETA, which is, like, to use her as a sort of bait, I guess. It's not really bait. It's just a way of maintaining control over Finnick in the way that they want to do with Katniss of like he's not going to make any big moves against the capital when he knows that they have Annie um and could like kill her or do anything to her whenever they wanted he's not going to risk that but he definitely like breaks down a bit after the quarter quell um because he knows that they have her and like the thought of anything happening to her especially because she is so innocent in all of this like she doesn't she's not involved at all in this rebellion she didn't do anything the only reason they have her is because of Finnick and that is what makes her unique from someone like obviously Joanna is kind of the other end where like she does know a lot of stuff and also they don't need her as a like bait for anyone else so she's in a very like bad situation because she knows stuff that they will try to get out of her um, and then Peta's sort of in the middle where, like, he doesn't actually know anything, but he was involved, not to his own knowledge, but he was. And he's also been involved since the beginning, since, like, the thing with the berries that, like, started all of this. And also, obviously, Katniss is the big person where they're like, if we can get a hold of Peta, she can't make any moves against us without 
knowing that it's going to be taken out on him. Um, but Annie truly was not involved at all and now is like suffering for it. And obviously knowing Finnick and knowing like how his mind works, we know that he's going to blame himself for that because he knows that like if it weren't for him being with Annie, she would still be safe and fine. And obviously like it's not his fault. It's because the Capitol and Snow specifically are terrible and don't care about anyone. Um, but from his perspective, that's how he would view it and like feel a lot of guilt for it. But he also realizes, like I said, long before Katniss, what like why the Capitol took Annie and what they're using her for to sort of break him, literally. And so, yeah, he definitely, ta- his mental state takes like a big shift after the quarter quell and even like any any like remnants of this kind of persona that he had had since his games is completely gone but that's when we start to really get a look in into his character and be like who is he actually underneath all of that now that he's like been pushed to the breaking point that's when like the really emotional stuff with him starts to come out um and I think it's what makes people love him so much as a character is because when we first meet him he's like like you're immediately like oh my gosh this man is so gorgeous and so charismatic and so charming and everyone's just in love with him like myself the reader included but then you see this total other side to him in Mockingjay that is also makes you love him even more because you realize like there's so many more layers to his character than you would think upon first meeting him. Okay, now let's talk about his relationship with Annie, because I do think that, I mean, okay, I was going to be like, aside from Katniss and Peeta, they're my favorite relationship in the series, but like, there's not that many other ones. Um, <laughs> Now I'm thinking, now I'm trying to think about every romantic relationship in the series, every like major romantic relationship in the series. I mean, what do we call Snow and Lucy Gray a romantic relationship? I guess, but like, there was never any real love there especially on his side and also why would I care about them as a couple I actually hate that for them and I think that Lucy Gray should do better um (laughs) so they're not competition for Finnick and Annie um now I'm really thinking about it because we know I'm never gonna say Gail and Katniss absolutely not disgusting and most of the other ones are either minor or like mm, but anyway, yeah, I guess they are my favorite other than Katniss and Peeta. Um, I genuinely do love them a lot. I'm thinking specifically of, there's a scene in Mockingjay that is like simultaneously my favorite and least favorite scene in the book. That's an exaggeration, but like, it's so much. Um, and the scene is, and I remember it so vividly. It's a pretty small scene. It's obviously after they've rescued Annie and Peeta and Joanna, obviously, but for the sake of this scene, Annie and Peter are the big ones. And Peter's been hijacked, obviously. And so they're at like lunch or whatever, some meal, and it's like and and Finnick and Annie are there, um, eating with Katniss, and then Peter shows up and it immediately gets super uncomfortable because this is pretty early on and when he's been back, so he hasn't like really started like making bigger strides in his recovery yet. And I what the reason why I love this scene is because it's one of the first times Katniss really sees Finnick and Annie as a couple and Annie will have this moments, these moments where she kind of like forgets where she is and like covers her ears and kind of freaks out 
And Finnick will just, like, hold her and, like, speak to her softly and kind of, like, bring her back. And I think that it's so meaningful for their relationship of, like, he can recognize when she is struggling and he's the person who kind of, like, guides her back to feeling safe again. Um, And this is obviously something that I'm sure gets, like, worse after her time in the Capitol, but it's definitely something that she's had to deal with since her games. Um, And he is the one person who can, like, help her through that, which I think makes them just... I mean, there are a lot of reasons why I think that they're a great couple, but this scene specifically is what actually made me, like, I care about them on a level beyond just, like... I know he loves her, so I, like, have to care about them as a couple. This made me be, like, no, they're actually a good couple. Which is what I love, is that, like, they're never the, like, focal point of the series. I mean, Finnick's, like, a pretty major character, but still, like, a side character. Or not a side character, but, like, he's not, like, the main character. Um, And Annie is definitely a side character, but, like, they still, in the very limited, like, page time they have, make me care about their relationship again beyond just, like, feeling like I have to. Um, the reason why I hate this scene, actually, uh, though, which is not super related to Finnick, but now that I'm on the subject, I might as well, um, is that PETA, is it PETA? And I, again, it's, like, because of the hijacking, like, I'm not like, why would he say this? Because it's not, like, he's not in control, you know? But he says this line where he's, like, careful, Finnick, or I might try to, like, steal her away from you. And it's, like, so off-putting to everyone immediately, specifically Katniss, obviously, because it's so not him, and it's just, like, the most rancid vibes. And I hate reading that scene because I'm like, ugh. Because it's, like, painfully jarring of, like, how much he's actually changed. Like, the old pedo would never. Anyway, that's not really related, but that's the reason why I also hate that scene. Um, But in terms of Finnick and Finnick and Annie, I think it's a great scene. Another great scene, their wedding. They're so, they're so cute. And it's nice, like, when we're now at this point where Katniss and Peeta, like, everything is going terribly because of what's happened to him. It's nice to just be like, but romance is still real because Finnick and Annie got to get married, you know? Um, Truly love that for them. I think their wedding is so cute. It's just the way that they, like, it's going to be so cheesy, but it's so true. The way that they are, like, when they're together, when they look at each other, it's like there's nobody else in the world. And I know that's such a, like, cliche, but, like, it applies so much to them of, like, on a literal level, like, what I talked about with her kind of, like, zoning out and forgetting where she is and panicking and him bringing her back. It's, like, they they are each other's anchors. I, It's so cheesy, but it's so true, especially, like, them being from District 4, haha, anchor. Anyway, I'm so sorry. Um, but they truly make me feel, like, giggling kicking my feet twirling my hair which I'm actually doing right now it was subconscious but now I'm doing it anyway um and as much as I would love to just talk about nothing but their relationship and how cute they are for the rest of the episode um unfortunately things do take a bit of a turn when he like dies tragically um and I know that for a lot of people this is the saddest death in the series I personally will stand by that I think Prim's death is the saddest to me um, but I, I definitely get it. This one's definitely up there. So many deaths. But yeah, Finnick does get killed by the mutts in the Capitol. And it's so sad because he, like, should just be celebrating his marriage with Annie. But, like, you know him and you know that he's very similar to Katniss. And that, like, I have to see this through. That, like, I've been a part of this rebellion for so long. And if I don't go and fight in the Capitol and I just sit back, I'm, I'm going to lose it. 
Um, so he does go, which is like, I totally get it. But like now you're literally dead and Annie's literally alone. So, but yeah, he does die and it's very sad. And my closing quote is actually related to that. So I will save it for then. Um, but again, back to Katniss blaming herself for everything. She obviously blames herself for Finnick's death and the death of everyone else in their squad because she lies about like what they're doing in the capital and says that like she's been sent on a mission to assassinate Snow, which is not true. Um, but like Finnick is especially hard for her one because they were very close, but also because like he just gotten married. He had like a whole life ahead of him with Annie. They have a kid, which I I'm certain that he didn't know that she was pregnant before he went off to go fight um but like she was and I would love to know just like a little bit more of what Annie did after like we know she like went back to district four to raise her kid but just like girl how are you doing I'm so worried about you I love you so much and I think that you deserve so much better than what you got because I think that she is like a truly like such a great character and again just like deserves so much better because she seems like just a genuinely like loving person from what little we do know about her um and so to lose Finnick after everything they've been through to get back together man Suzanne Collins she truly knows how to pick the characters whose deaths will hurt the most like there are a lot of characters who could have died in this series I'm like how did you know exactly which ones were going to be the worst like Cinna Finnick Prim girl literally from the very first book like rue are we being so serious like why do you have to do that to me (sighs) even in ballad when i talk about that book and when we get to that death who i'm already foreseeing that like i'm gonna be a problem when i'm in a movie theater watching that um it's gonna be quite dark so sorry in advance to anyone who is unfortunate enough to be in the same theater as me when i'm like sobbing loudly but yeah, Phoenix death is so sad because it's like, you just know that like he deserved b- better. I know I like literally just said that, but like, you know that he deserved such a better life. And like, a, after everything he's been through, it's like, he's so close to being able to just live happily with the love of his life and their kid and like have a great time or at least a better time. Um, but he doesn't get to have that. Um, and I really hate that for him and me who had to read it. And then finally, just like, his his legacy um I think that this series does a really good job of like honoring the legacies of the characters who've died because I think that one of the things I hate the most when I'm like reading or watching something is when a character dies and then we just like move on like it never happened um or we don't feel that their life and death had like a lasting impact on anyone or on like the world itself um I don't think that's ever an issue in this series. I mean, obviously, we have, like, in terms of this, the original trilogy of books, the four major deaths I just mentioned, Rue, obviously, like, her legacy is honored up until the very, very end of the series, and it's brought up a lot. Same thing with Cinna. Like, we literally see that he sacrificed himself for, or, like, knew that he would probably be killed for what he did for the rebellion, and then they, like, continue to use his work after he's gone and he was a major part of creating like the symbol that is the Mockingjay but Finnick his legacy gets to live on not just in like everything he did for the rebellion and like people know that 
and like not just the people he was close with like the entire country knows that he contributed a lot and like literally died for it um but also on a more personal level like his memory gets to live on with his wife and child um and I think it's important that he kind of has both of those things like it's it's not just that he's living on sort of like as a martyr or like a whole like a hero who died for the rebellion but there's also people who knew him personally who are able to like keep his memory alive on a personal level of like I knew who he actually was beyond what people saw on tv and I think Katniss also gets to be a part of that because they did get very close during Mockingjay and he she saw a very vulnerable side of him that not many people can say they've really seen um and so it's very important that there are people to kind of again like live on in his memory and like not let his sacrifice be forgotten because so many people died for this rebellion that's easy to just kind of throw him in with all the other people who lost their lives but I think it's very important that like the individual people who died for this cause are remembered um especially when it's someone as influential as Finnick who again was part of the plan the initial plan from very very early on and was like on the ground fighting like he was not just sitting there making the plans and then sitting back and watch them be carried out he was in the arena he was in the capital fighting like he was not just sitting around hoping that it happened he was like actually doing it anyway I think it's time for the closing quote this one's a sad one um but like it literally does kind of sum up his whole life um this quote is from Mockingjay and it's Katniss's thoughts as he is dying. <laughs> and it says, it's as if I'm Finnick watching images of my life flash by. The mast of a boat, a silver parachute, Mags laughing, a pink sky, Beatty's trident, Annie in her wedding dress, waves breaking over rocks. Then it's over. They handed me the perfect closing quote, but I can't be happy about it because it's so sad. Um, but I think that this is going to sound so messed up, but I think that Finnick's death was really well executed in terms of, like, it hit emotionally. It made me very sad, um, especially when I was doing, like I said, my Mockingjay speed run where I read the entire book in a day. Um, but it wasn't, like, ha- harrowing to the point where I, like, couldn't keep reading, you know? Because um, I feel like sometimes I'll read a book and someone will die and I'm like, I don't even, like, I just feel bad about it. Not even emotional in, like, a this is an emotional moment way but just in a like what are we even doing here or like this person literally died and like for what and there's no like I hate that I have to keep reading this that was not the feeling at all so yeah and I I think especially in the books we get Katniss being like imagining sort of what he's thinking about as he dies thanks for joining me this week on Tales of Panem Next week, I'll be discussing the Catching Fire film in its entirety, so if you have any specific questions or topics you'd like me to cover, you can DM them to me on any social media or send them to my email, which is talesofpanem at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave a review of the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it would be very appreciated. Thanks again for listening, and I'll be back next week. (music) 